Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to this Monday, the 23rd of January, 2023. This is the Close of Business podcast. My name is Kyle Rutter. I'm joined, as has been the case most days over the last few weeks, David Scott, live from Adelaide. Scotty, uh, happy new week and happy Lunar New Year to you. Um, bit of a quiet start for the markets, though. Yeah, no Chinese investors around for our Lunar New Year. Also, no uh, Fed speak for the next uh, week or so with a blackout period. So, Two of those big catalysts that we've been talking about a lot that have driven our uh, market direction are uh, not around today. And uh, certainly uh, going through the motions, the, uh, the EX today, it was basically a flat finish and never really strayed too far from break-even throughout. So a bit of a strange one in the context of what we saw in that massive rebound on Wall Street on Friday. Yeah, no punters around with nothing to punt on. Doesn't make for much fun in financial markets, of course. Okay, well, um, like you just alluded to, Scotty, we may as well just get the numbers off the top because the S&P ASX 200 finished up by a very modest 0.07%. The word's choppy. It was choppy again today and uh, low volumes going through. Not much news out there, it has to be said, from a perhaps more market-wide macro level to really drive market sentiment. We did see our IT stocks performing well. Of course, we did see Wall Street running higher into the end of the week, ostensibly due to some comments from uh, Christopher Waller over there, perhaps opening the door to less hawkish policy. Maybe that's the best way to um, define that. However, there was that uh, big option expiry at the back end of last week. So that probably had something to do with the, I suppose, well, rather interesting price action we had and, and that big rally into the close on Wall Street on Friday night. Uh, energy stocks also performed well today, although with the caveat there that uh, coal prices and coal stocks in particular were off. So Whitehaven struggled. So did uh, Coronado and so did New Hope. We also saw lithium uh, stocks do really well today and there was a broken note, as I understand it, out from Macquarie that might have been a bit of a sentiment shifter in that space. So a few things happening at the micro level, but nothing to really uh, write home about for this first day of the trading week. Um, Scotty, before we dive into perhaps some of the meat of uh, what we wanted to talk about today, just again, got a lot on the calendar this week. I mean, with all things said about today, again, um, not much to do, much to do about nothing. Um, we do have a lot coming up that we have to keep an eye out for. Yeah, the inflation reports here on Wednesday looms large, of course, then all the US earnings, that's going to be really in the driver's seat this week, you would imagine. Uh, also, the advanced reading of uh, US uh, GDP, We'll get a few eyeballs, given all the prospects for you know, a hard economic landing. It looks like now Q4, the early data suggests that we're going to be looking pretty peachy at this point in time. So a few things to go and navigate at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The whole idea that you're talking, you said about, I know, the Christopher Waller and other Fed members, you know, opening a door for you know, less aggressive uh, monetary policy tightening. I, I dare say, like, if we haven't priced that in for markets already, then markets are an incredibly inefficient beast. Because that's all they've been talking about pretty much since the last meeting. So we'll uh, we'll see. 
But uh, yeah, maybe a few catalysts this week will go and change things up. Particularly from earnings, we know that being known a big driver of stock performance, and that is a big driver of financial conditions in the states. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, without a doubt, um, we will be keeping an eye on that. But. You know, obviously, we had a lot of good conversations throughout the day. First of all, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the stock picks that uh, Michael Gable so often comes to the table with at uh, the trade. He made it into the newsletter today. Uh, gave us a bit of an overview on the S&P 500, the uh, price action there. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Thomas Atkinson from uh, FX Evolution. If it wasn't, I do apologize. Um, but uh, he spoke of the, and Michael Gable spoke of today, uh, the world's most watched trend line right now. Clearly, we saw price challenging that uh, very key level of technical resistance that uh, all those tech heads out there have been pointing to recently as being a real, uh, I suppose, definer, if you will, of the downtrend in the S&P 500 and perhaps will need to be broken through to invite uh, more bullish sentiment perhaps on Wall Street. Uh, but he also gave us uh, four stock picks, which are really terrific, um, ones that were setting up reasonably well at the moment. So I have to say that was a great conversation. Uh, Scuddy, uh, anything that jumped out to you today as far as conversations that you had? Philip Pepe from Shaw & Partners in the Small Caps program that I got to go and host today. Bit of a retail revolution. Uh, we've seen that a number of different names have either been taken out by M&A activity or potentially maybe, I know City Shift's a name that a lot of people have been focusing on uh, given uh, the emergence of a pretty prominent investor in that space. So we uh, sat down and uh, had a chat about whether Maya might go and join that list. We know Solly Lou uh, certainly uh, eyeing that pretty, uh, pretty closely at the moment, but uh, the share price performance for Maya over the past six months and a bit it's up about 180 percent so the turnaround story seems to be underway and begging the question whether it might be the next domino to go forward more broadly we had a good chat about the retail sector and the quarterlies and the updates we came through from uh, the various names last week you went through the list and basically gave a verdict on each of the results that came out also uh, today raymond chan from morgan so i had a good conversation with him about what to go and do with defensives in a time and when the market itself seems to be talking about so much optimism uh, also, how do cyclicals look at the point of the cycle and resource stocks in light of what's been happening in China? Has it run too far, too fast? Well, I'll answer all those questions uh, in that particular interview with Raymond. So looking forward to I know anyone who wants to go and get a nice set uh, idea about what may be uh, worthwhile out there investing at this point in time. Take a listen. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, it is a good point in terms of that defensive conversation because, well, I guess it is a little bit mixed if you um, have a look at what's driving the market or, you know, where uh, the sub-indices, I should say, on the ASX that are that, that are performing strongly. Now, gold, you could say, is, you know, perhaps a defensive asset in some sense. You know, it's probably a little bit tight, more tied to, to monetary policy expectations. But you look across um, some of the uh, areas of the market that have done best or have done best to, to start the year. Uh, materials up 9.5%. Consumer discretionary up just over 8%. So um, cyclical by any other name, of course. So very, very interesting that, uh, that we've got that dynamic playing out at the moment. And uh, like you alluded to as well, Scuddy, with the miners, uh, BHP is still sitting pretty close to record highs. The material sector basically at record highs still. Uh, the banks also looking fairly proppy. So all those things that you think that if we were heading towards a downturn might be uh, feeling the pinch or feeling more of the pinch, certainly not the case yet. Um, again, if that's a, a positive signal or a, a perhaps a contrarian one, I'll let uh, the listeners decide. But, Scuddy, uh, of course, we did have the first episode of the call this week. And the stock of the day was one that 
I had to Google when um, I uh, heard it today, a company called Serco, um, a company that's really delivered some fairly strong growth over the last year or so, or financial year 23. Revenue guidance uh, up 123%, uh, and I believe the bottom line up 149% or thereabouts. Nevertheless, we had Andrew Page from strawman.com and Mason Somersandaram from Deep Data Analytics Analytics discussing the stock. Have a listen to what they had to say. I mean, even the last 12 months, shares are off 60-something-odd percent. Uh, since 2021, shares are down 75%. I think we need to um, realistically cut them some slack. Obviously, there was a very obvious reason uh, as to why that's happened. And uh, it looks as though things are starting to improve. I mean, even if you want to sort of take out uh, COVID, the update that they've given here is for something, even at the lower end of that range, is a 70% increase on pre-pandemic revenue. So that's really great. They had a pretty solid, um, if you want to sort of normalize sort of revenue growth uh, since they listed, it was certainly on, on the right trajectory. It's a New Zealand tech. I always like New Zealand techs. Um, and it's it's very cyclical, obviously, with travel, what's happening. I think the big thing that everyone's going to be worried about is the recovery cycle is reliant on consumer spending. And everyone is expecting consumer spending globally to slow down in 2023. So that will have an effect. Um, travel prices are extremely expensive. I mean, whether you look at hotels, airline tickets, all of that, I don't know how long they can hold it together. This is one... It interests me because where it's trading, but Andrew's right. The execution is going to be tough in 2023, so I'm not jumping in. But it- Okay, so it's not going to go to the investment committee. There was a, a few caveats, I suppose, on that one. It's a very small name. Um, Andrew kind of uh, perhaps suggesting that he's going to sort of stay away from, from that one for now. Um, Nathan going to keep an eye out for it, but not something that he's jumping into. So um, listen to that full episode. Obviously, it was a cracker. Nadine Blaney was at the wheel today for that. But uh, Scotty, I think we've milked uh, a lot out of already what was a fairly quiet day. A lot of great conversations, but again, not a lot of news. Anything in the next 24 hours or what do you reckon we sort of uh, wrap things up and, you know, sort of uh, steal ourselves to what could be a a pretty big four days from Tuesday to Friday, considering all the event risks that you discussed? Yeah, well, uh, we'll wrap it up in a second. I think probably one thing that uh, is pretty noticeable today, you talked about the lithium sector. That was like running red hot. Now, whether it has anything to do with uh, what's been going on with Macquarie. Uh, certainly, uh, Tesla share price was up and about on Friday, which does sometimes loosely correlate with uh, optimism and pessimism across that sector on any given day. The other thing we're going to touch upon today is just the surge in buy now, pay later stocks. I know the block was up around about 6% or so, but uh, Sezzle up 31%. Now, another uh, trading update coming through, a monthly update talking about adjusted EBITDA uh, being positive for a second month. And uh, the market got very excited about that. But so, yeah, a lot of question marks still remain. Uh, big margin increase coming through there. That's what I read into the, uh, the release. And uh, that helped zip up around about 21% as well. So those beating down buy now, pay later names had an absolute rollicking session. And uh, this, I wonder whether, you know, we're seeing in the lithium space as well, a bit more retail revival and uh, the speculative activity in those sectors is one to keep an eye on, given it's so quiet for the time being. 
Yeah, well, I've gotten back into my trading again recently, so maybe there's something to that. Maybe I'm not as clever as I think I am. I'm just uh, part of the herd getting back into uh, back into the market. But yeah, a lot of the uh, dash for crap, I think the term is some some use, a dash for trash, maybe, um, is uh, sometimes uh, used to describe that. I think Rudy Philippek Van Dyke of the show has, uh, has described it as such. But uh, yeah, very, very interesting that we see some of those more specky names uh, moving higher throughout this session. But um, Scuddy, we may as well wrap it up there. Looking forward to tomorrow. Um, enjoy your night. We'll pick it up uh, same time, same place tomorrow morning. Absolutely, mate. Hopefully a bit more news tomorrow. And uh, yeah, better go and chew into some, uh, some juicy detail. Until then, have a good night. Say no. Right.